Where are you now? So that's become my passion. And telling my stories. You were involved in opening the first store of Ted Baker, Absolutely, correct? Absolutely, yeah. How does it feel now? I think so many senior people do that. They just believe that you know it's all about them. Ted Baker has its own very unique identity and each store feels different. Yeah. So you must be really a risk taker. That's what I can give today to people, the startups, the individuals that I meet, that different way of thinking. What about the metaverse idea? So I feel that's an exciting moment, not a, not a thing to be depressed about. Welcome to Brands Through Stories podcast. My name is Nina Siridai and I'm a brand strategist and entrepreneur with over 19 years of experience in the Middle East. In each episode, we discover endearing stories of people behind successful brands. I hope this podcast will inspire you to build meaningful businesses that this world needs. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to my new episode, Brands Through Stories. You know, as brand experts, we always tell our clients, it's not about product you sell, it's about the story you tell. And when I was preparing for this podcast, I was looking for someone who has an amazing storytelling background. <laughs> and one of the companies that we as retail designers also trying to benchmark with is Ted Baker. And Ted Baker, as we know, is the brand that is one of the fastest growing label. And also it has an amazing story in every shop that you enter looks different. And through my Thank God. Contacts with Steven from One Golden Nugget. I've met Chris Brown, former global retail director for Ted Baker. He's also a mentor of startups. He's a great person and an author of soon-to-be-launched book, Choose Happy. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you for joining me. Uh, You know, when I told you that we're going to do this podcast and I truly wanted to talk about more retail experience, how you create stories in Ted Baker, you know, your probably all the questions that everyone is asking you. But after spending time with you and having coffee, I realized, well, your nugget of wisdom is some, of course it is in retail, but it's some there, you know, it's all in the way you choose to live your life and about positivity. So let me start with this. Where are you now? What are you up to? Yeah. So effectively, I call myself a retail expert. It's the easiest way to explain what I do. But, but it's, it doesn't really cover it. So I like to mentor young people, old people too, if they want to be mentored, but young people particularly, um, startup companies, um, and really try to fast track some of their knowledge because, you know, you, you can become a CEO at 20, 21, 22 these days. Um, you know, generally speaking, in my day, a CEO <laughs> was someone who was, you know, 55, 60, uh, had served a long career. So that is a passion of mine. And I meet so many people and, you know, there's a positivity of youth, so there's, there's a confidence of youth, but sometimes it can be misplaced and it needs a little bit of wisdom just to perhaps nudge it the right way. So I, I love getting involved with young startups. I'm involved with four or five um, as we speak, a couple of them I've invested in. Um, and I feel that's that's become my passion. Um, and telling my stories. You know, I, I, anyone that's watching this knows my, my time at Ted Baker, I've got a billion stories. How did you start? I know that you were the first one, of, you you were involved in opening the first store of Ted Baker, Absolutely, correct? Absolutely, yeah. So. How does it feel now to see, you know, starting that year in, what is it, 87, 88, 88, 88 to yes. see the first store and now walking around probably some of the shopping malls and see so many stores open. How does it feel? It's, it's, what in, does it's it? incredible. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to go back over my past history too much but you know I grew up in a small town uh, on the, the, the English coast you know looking out to France and I started in a pet shop you know working in a, in a, in a pet store and you know 
helping little children choose their gerbil or their mouse or their rabbit on a Saturday morning. So, but, but it's, dream, it sounds like dream job these days. It, it's a fantastic job. And, and, and your interaction with people, that's where I learned. Yeah. That's what I really enjoyed. Yeah. And I probably knew that, you know, I was 13, 14 years old. But that passion for working with people was the big thing. And then I worked for a company, mm. and I won't name the person's name, but I worked for a company in my first real job, if you like, a shoe store. And we had a, a you know, as, as you always had, an area manager would visit the store and the area manager would come in, insult most of the team, be rude to me and leave. And you could almost see him go, you know, <laughs> excuse me, job done. You know, I've had a great day. I've, I've gone in, I've kicked some ass. I've, I've you know, given everyone a tough time. <laughs> and I vowed pretty much from meeting that gentleman, mm-hmm. I'm not going to behave like that. I wouldn't have behaved like it anyway. You know, it's one. I like your intro, by the way, saying I was a great person. If I just take that, <laughs> being a great person, if I've achieved that, then I've achieved everything. But go, going back to the story. You are a great person. This, this gentleman gave you that, that mm-hmm. terrible feeling when he left the store so I, this this germ of an idea stuck with me and it sticks with me today leave the people that you've been to visit feeling great about the visit feeling great about you personally so they've enjoyed meeting you feeling that they can be open and honest with you about any issues or problems they've got and i was discussing this with someone the other night when you when you look at any business situation and you find a problem the reaction of so many leaders is to that, that great phrase kick ass give those people a tough time my attitude was that's a win that's something we can do better and that's brilliant and the fact that it doesn't matter that I found it I should find it I'm supposed to be the guy with the experience so I don't then beat up the people who've made the mistake caused the error had the problem I show them how to do it better I make them feel good about it I make them feel they can tell me their problems and we progress like that now that's just one simple example of thinking differently and how that can massively affect a, a team's performance the team are happy you're happy the whole business is happy now other people in my old business perhaps used to think the old way differently <laughs> and I had to manage that mm-hmm. but me no I would I would be welcomed into the stores as I believed I was welcomed into the stores and I'd fix problems so that that I used to do is still what I do today and I love doing it and I think but do you feel it's the new generation of people is that what they expect from the leaders um well, the, the, the interesting thing is, as I said, they, they think they are the leaders already. So you, you, yeah, you, start, a com- you start a company straight <laughs> start- out of college. It's brilliant. That's I mean, so it's true. brilliant positivity. But they start with that belief that they're in charge. Yeah. And they yeah. are in charge. They're making yeah. the decisions. But making the decisions perhaps not from a position of strength. So without being too patronising, you know, I've got four children and I, and I try very hard. It's difficult as a father not to patronise myself. You shouldn't do that because that won't work. You find a way to get them to realise that that might be another way of doing things. So mentoring's very complex to get it right. And I hope that, again, any of those that I am mentoring currently or have mentored in the last four or five years would come back to you and say, yeah, actually, he does, he does live and breathe what he says, what he's telling you here. But you're right. I've met I've met recently a couple of uh, startups, young guys, and you talk to them, and I feel like they're already the leaders. <laughs> At least they talk to me like they're. They the, already know, yeah. And they already know. Then why are you here? Yeah, right? yeah, no, and that's that's, that's another key true. thing, Nina is staying open to learning you know so i'm 60 years old and i haven't stopped you know i was telling you a story off camera about living to 115 which i'm absolutely certain i'm going to do well that's 45 years so that's 55 years away 55 years more of life i've got 55 years more learning to to, to, you know to take part in so and i say take part in you know i'm not going to be the one necessarily finding it Things are going to come my way. People I'm going to meet yeah. are going to tell me things I hadn't thought f- before. So that, again, is crucial. You you teach and you learn at the same time. So what is it from your story of how long you were there? 30, 30 years? 30 years, right? Baker, yeah. So 
what did you learn from there that now when you see the new startups you actually say is the first thing they need to do what is that i'll start with a negative yeah okay good i love it an (laughs) awful negative is that people will disappoint you and that's not because they want to disappoint you unfortunately it just seems to be human nature so when you're looking at your team Uh and i met with various startups that have now grown and and scaled up Mm. and they were cynical about my comment they would say to me well that's not that's not positive you'll miss the positivity and i said unfortunately my 30 years of experience in fact 40 years of experience Mm -hmm. in retail has told me that at some point people will unfortunately let you down and in ways you're not expecting uh-huh. so you've got to be prepared for that and you've got to be prepared to maybe replace people and this is a crucial point about that is if you're needing to replace somebody it's a bit like a relationship failing it's wrong for both of you you know if you've decided that they're not working out well they, they don't need to stay somewhere they're not working out and you don't need to have somebody there that isn't working out now that can be willful it can be you know, fraud it can be misbehavior but it can also just be not, not being at the right stage in their life, not being ready to achieve. So I'm, I'm very mindful that, you know, although that sounds negative, the outcome of it can be positive. You know, when you leave a, a fa- failing relationship, generally speaking, people move on to a, a happier and more positive relationship. So I would say that works for both sides in a business situation too. And startups so often are gung-ho, everything's great. They need to yeah. realise that maybe two or three years down the line, that person's dreams aren't the same as yours, or that person's going to fail, whatever it might be. So that sounds negative. It's actually very crucial to open your eyes and be aware of that. And I, if I may add, it's very important to realize it as soon as possible and actually act on that and don't drag that negative relationship. Which I have an gra- experience. That, that's that. great relationship <laughs> advice, just full stop, isn't it? I mean, how, in everything. how many people listening to this are in a relationship that they're currently thinking isn't for me, but they're still in it and they're going to be in it for some months to come? Like so, me and with one of my one of my clients. <laughs> I'm listening to that and I know this and I've been in the industry for 19 yeah. years and I still make the same mistake. And it's not always so easy. So that's the thing. It's so sometimes right, yeah. showing them a way forward. One of the companies I've worked with had a very particular individual that was bringing the whole company down that's and they yeah. actual phrase they used with me was there's nothing we can do about it <laughs> so I yeah, said, yeah yeah we have to have them <laughs> we yeah, have to ha- we yeah. can't we have we c- she knows all of this knowledge yeah, she, yeah. She, she's indispensable and i showed them a way for this person too and i know that the person subsequently has moved on to happier times this person wasn't happy in their job they were affecting everybody around them and the the founder of the business said to me after we'd solved the problem i helped solve the problem wow i, I w- i've been working away for four years thinking I have to suffer this person's behavior. You came in, two months later, that person was gone. Everybody elevated. That person's come back to yeah. me saying, it was a release for me too. Yeah. So, you know, you, and again, you have to keep learning uh, and, and assessing situations. A crucial thing I would say to you as well, and this is a retail specific point, but it, but it works for every mm-hmm. business. When you go into a situation, people go in with a preloaded, um, um, I was gonna say decision, a preloaded list of things they're going to look at and look for or analyze. And I would say to you, yes, do that, have that list and be, be prepared. But when you go in, be open to it could be something that wasn't on your plan for today that takes your attention or needs your attention. And I used to teach that as a, it sounds ridiculous, but as a separate subject, do the right thing. Do the thing that really needs doing and know what that, that can be. Because if you're a, you know, in retail, an area manager goes into a store and does his checklist, you're going to be missing something over here that could be a stock problem, a personal problem, a, a marketing issue, whatever it might be. So again, I would teach my people, this sounds very patronizing, but I don't mean it to, teach them to think, don't teach them to do. Because if you teach them to do, they can do one thing, two things. Teach them to think and open their minds up to 
I need to think about all these potential opportunities and, and, and issues and ideas, they'll find the thing that needs fixing. And so that meant my job, I, I could go on to other things. I could do things that are more creative for the brand and not just have to worry about fixing, I don't know, a light bulb in a store or, or a bit of poor behaviour in a store because my manager in that store would be do, doing those things. But that fear, I think it's that fear of how you'll delegate it. I'm better, I know more, you know, what if they won't be able to control it and so on. It's that fear, I yeah. think. I think so many senior people do that. They just believe that, you know, it's all about them. And actually, you know, <laughs> the, the brand, the brand Ted Baker, for example, yeah. 500 stores and three and a half thousand retail employees and countless others selling the brand yeah. wholesale. Nobody got to meet the boss, you know, nobody got to meet me particularly. I mean, they did, but not, 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 not as many as didn't meet me. Mm. Um, so you have to then empower your teams and you have to have your team feeling enthusiastic and excited and... You know, it's, it's an underrated factor in business life. The morale of your team and the spirit in that team um, is everything. It ends it's up being everything. everything. The, the customer meets one of three and a half thousand yeah. people. They don't meet the boss. Yeah, so. absolutely. I, I was always fascinated by um, Ted Baker that, okay, now maybe it's different. Everyone is trying to experiment. There's a lot of, uh, you know, you go to this even uh, mass market stores and you can see all kind of experimentation going on yeah. but um, even if we take 10 years ago i mean ted baker has its own very unique identity yeah right and each store feels different yeah so you must be really a um risk taker or sure but that it will it will work yeah to go for it rather than just copy I, you I know would, the neighbors i would 100 percent credit you know ray, uh -huh. ray the uh -huh. founder of ted baker for that i mean he 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 didn't like he wasn't a retailer as, as such he was a manufacturer mm -hmm. but he he didn't like what he saw to be the homogenized you know cookie cutter store you know yeah. donald's idea that the burger and the, the store environment the 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 restaurant environment is the same globally he said while well, let's take elements of what we do play around with them so we mix them around and you'll always know it's Ted Baker which is the you're most always, credible yeah, thing yeah, yeah. you know it's Ted Baker but the elements that have made it that, that store one store's velvet and wood another store's metal and glass it was incredible and I actually spoke with um, the grandson of Hugo Boss at uh -huh. an event I got told off for this um, and I explained to him how we had this uh, design element to every store we took the, took the Bayer box and we would do something exciting with that box so when you walked in it was glamorous and exciting and fun and when I got back to the UK, uh, Ray wasn't impressed that I'd told Hugo Boss. That but was I, the secret. I had a, well, it was one of our secrets. <laughs> but I had a confidence that Hugo Boss wouldn't be able repeat. to do it. Yeah. Their image is very you know, different, very st stark, very clean, very, and, and it works for them. Um, yeah. I, so I, in telling him, I thought, well, they're not, not going to change Hugo Boss to start looking like Ted Baker. So I had a confidence, if you like. Yeah. But that sort of thinking came from Ray, came from me, came from two or three other key people on the board. And I would say to you, that's, again, what I can give today to people today, in the, the, the startups, the individuals that I meet, that different way of thinking. And on top of, on top of the different way of thinking, I, I am obsessed about the future, which we haven't really talked about much at all yet, but the future of retailing is, I mean, I like Elon Musk as a, as a crazy character, just to see what he's, what he's gonna say next. Yeah. But he says, there's never gonna be more ways to buy in more situations, more things, and actually use the phrase that you don't need, um, than there is today. Because next next year there'll be even more ways to buy, and more ways to buy, and more things to buy. So commercial the commercial life of the planet is just growing. We talk about sustainability. People are consuming more, not less. Um, so I think again, the future of retail is really really exciting. There's some future things that brands should be looking at. Every brand should have a futurist embedded in the business who's just yeah. looking out. Yeah. What is there out yeah. there that I should be looking at? 
know, I love the phrase, you don't know what you don't know, you don't know. And absolutely, people should be thinking, I don't, I don't know everything. I don't know everything today. You know, I don't know anything about retail today. I call myself a retail expert. There'll be something that I, I learn on the event I've come to attend in Dubai that I've never thought of before. And I'll go away with that new extra piece of information. Yeah. I mean, my head of retail just attended recently your shop. Um, when was it? A month ago in Dusseldorf. Oh, right. Um, Sorry, yeah. And she said that she's also my sister, actually. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> head of retailers. Yeah. Um, she said it feels like the industry hit the ceiling now. It's a repetitive thing. It's there is what compared to the previous one, it's not really a lot of innovation. Um, I don't agree with her. Physically. I mean, yeah. Physically. I think physical. physically. I think yeah, physically, physically. Unfortunately, a lot yeah. of retailers have given up, which is which is quite shocking. And I look, I look at some of the stores when I'm traveling around and the atmosphere in the stores is like, oh, it's all about online. And it's not true. You know, I attended an Amazon seller's mm. cruise uh, two, three weeks ago in, 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 the, in the, the Caribbean. Amazing trip. And it was fascinating that the, somebody gave a stat there. In America, online is only 15% of the total retail. In the UK, it's 25%. And actually, we're one of the highest proportions in the world. And everyone has this idea that it's all gone online. It hasn't. Yeah. Physical retail, a lot of stores have gone bust yeah. and a lot of businesses have gone bust. I challenge anyone listening to this, list a store or name a store that's gone bust that should still be here. Is it, is it relevant? No. The reason it went bust, it's not relevant anymore. So your sister's not wrong. There's almost like a moment in time when we got a bit stuck. But I genuinely yeah, think the new generation right. coming along will start to inject new things, new ideas, Physical retail will go again. It'll hopefully be improved. So a lot of the, the boring stuff of the 90s, the 2000s, 2010s, it's all been washed away. COVID sped that up. You know, the high streets were decimated for a couple of years. So I feel that's an exciting moment, not a, not a thing to be I, depressed about. I think you're very positive, that's why. <laughs> I, I, it is a little... Po- I, I no, you're to, right. I don't want to be positive yeah. just for the sake of positivity, then, yeah. because I yeah. genuinely think <laughs> if you put positive energy onto the situation, it will improve. And where we are right, right now, I mean, Dubai is a very interesting place to come to because there's so many exciting and interesting malls here, and it's almost like a little microcosm. So if you're here, you're thinking, well, that's the world. The rest of the world, malls are struggling, streets are struggling, high streets are struggling, landlords are struggling. So so they've got to encourage innovation and they've got to encourage Absolutely. the new. So, you know, again, I would say looking at the future, looking at future opportunities should be everybody's responsibility. Right. right. What about the metaverse idea and all those? I'm so I excited know. by that. <laughs> I, 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 helped, <laughs> I helped to host an event. A great friend of mine, Harveen Gill, put on an event for an American company. I'll give them a shout out. Arlene.io. Have a look them up. Arlene.io. Uh-huh. Amazing business. They did some great work with Coach, the um, luxury mm-hmm. uh, leather goods b- mm-hmm. uh, brand. And they did a collaboration with Keith Herring that was only available um, if you, you, you downloaded the app and effectively used your phone, moved your phone around the room and you were in a virtual showroom. And there's two things that happened. One, they sold out the Keith Herring Coach specialist um, collection that weekend, the, 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 the three days that the event ran. But they got an uplift in their, in their stores globally of 35% because of the energy and excitement caused by doing a metaverse event. So although I meet so Internal many... Internal energy and excitement en- or, or every, overall internal... Just, just people talking about uh, the brand, right, the, hype, images, yeah, yeah. the marketing that was produced by it, and the pure fact that people have this idea the metaverse is putting on a headset and yeah. you're in a virtual world. You can just hold your phone up and, and the room that you're in becomes the, the virtual room and you can pick product up and turn it around and see it in the phone. Phones are capable of so much more. So when we, re- when we attended that event, even though they were shown what I've just told you, they were shown the Keith Herring Coach amazing event and a Disney event they ran too, the British retailers in the room, and I don't mind giving them a bit of abuse because they need to wake up, <laughs> 
they sat there saying, oh, it's not for my customer and I don't see this being important. And that's the same people that 20 years ago thought online selling of clothing wasn't going to be important and now they're all looking stupid. Everyone's forgotten that they said that, by the way. Everyone yeah. said, oh, no, I thought the online would be great. No, they didn't. I met lots of people who said it would be terrible. So the metaverse, I think, is it's not going to take over, but it's going to be very, very important to be aware of it, to use it, to find out how it works for your brand. Yeah. You know, Barbie clothes, for example, might sound like a strange reference, but Barbie clothes did a virtual set of clothes for Barbie and then made that collection for, you know, for, for, for human beings. And they worked out from what, which ones were the most popular to buy for your Barbie virtually and virtually dress her became the same ones that they then sold as a live collection for young girls to buy. And you do your virtual, you know, um, consumer research yeah. by using the metaverse. Yeah. So, and there was a million other ways that the metaverse should excite people. So yeah. there's one thing that comes out of this chat, Nina. I'd love it if, uh, if retailers would get excited by the metaverse and explore it properly and say, what could it do for my brand? It's in the early days. Five years from now, they'll all be saying, oh, wow, Chris Brown said that well, <laughs> back in 2023. We're going to keep, <laughs> gonna keep yeah. it. Nina, <laughs> Nina, got, Nina got a scoop on it. I meet a lot of people. They always say, we innovate, we try this, we try that. But then really, when you go to the store... Uh, you feel like it's always it's this kind of safe, uh, safe place, right? There is the fear of let me see how that is doing, and then I'll see yeah. if I can well, do see it. How one of their rivals does something? Yeah, oh, the, yeah, for sure. Sometimes yeah. be first. It's done, yeah. Most of these things don't cost a lot of money. You can find the, the the tech companies that are providing all this newness. They'll give you a free pilot. You know, I work for another company, Vicens, uh, based out of Singapore. They have 500 million activations of their app every single month. It's just a phenomenal amount in, in Asia. And so here, even in Dubai, people are not shopping the way they're shopping in China and Japan yeah, yeah. and Korea. Trying to get UK retailers, and actually I was working with American retailers too, to take a serious look at what Vicens could do for them was very, very tough. You couldn't even get to speak to the digital digital director or the marketing director. Well, if they've got one job, it's surely to meet with newness and say, could this work for us? Could this be exciting? I'm sorry, I could feel that I'm going into a bit no, of a rant what now is, because it what frustrates you... me, but... No, 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 but it frustrates me also. It's not just if we talk about retail, it's not just in retail. It's a typical thing that you see me to large corporations yeah. or companies. This kind of, they want to innovate, but they don't risk. They don't, they don't well, go for well, they it. They don't even meet the companies that they could, you know, that you have this, this sort of gatekeeper, whether it's the person's yes. PA or yes. it's somebody junior down yes. the chain. So I, I met with someone the other day, and I won't say their name, but I met someone the other day at a dinner. <laughs> Um, and I was told that this person had seen the deck of something that I wanted to pr promote. Yeah. And when in mess, mess her at a dinner, and of course, in the course of that conversation, she said, no, I've, I've never seen that, you know. So yeah. when I spoke to the company, they said, oh, no, no, she's, she's seen it. We, we presented to her. 100% they haven't presented to her because I've now presented it to her. Yeah. And she was amazed by what was pre presented. But somebody in her team didn't show it to her. As soon as she saw it, she went, oh, that could work for us. So this is the problem you've got, trying to get through the layers of management stopping you uh, promoting, uh, seeing new new tech, new ideas. It's not just tech. I mean, that's the other thing. I would hate anyone to think I'm obsessed by tech. Tech's part of the, pro the, the process, but new ways of managing teams, new ways of communicating with teams. We talked about the, the home working phenomenon earlier. Fantastic for some people, but you miss that yeah. interaction, yeah. which is also a huge part of yeah. life.